playing the Radical Latino Show. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands in the air for New York's very own. Latino is taking you to another level. Back to another episode of the Radical Latino Show. It's your host, the Radical Latino. Now, today I have a very special, 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 special. Sorry, whoa, damn. <laughs> I got a very special interview popping up right now um, for you guys. You know what I'm saying? Um, I was extremely lucky to have someone this prestigious, this high up in the community. And it's an honor for me to interview him. You know, I want to give everybody a quick rundown to let you guys know who the hell King Tone is. King Tone was a former leader of the Latin Kings. He turned the Latin Kings from a street organization to a nation that revolved themselves around a political movement. You know, to the point where King Tone actually went out and talked to, you know, the Mothers Against Police Brutality. He marched with them. He went to um, consult with some of the young lords and to show so they so they could show him how to well equip a whole movement in, into a whole, you know, movement that's politically, you know, um, uh, trained and politically astute and all that. You know, that's what King Tone did. It's a very, very important, powerful person in the 90s. Mind you, this all happened in the 90s. And, um, you know, that's basically what his uh, his thing is. You know, as we all know, gangs always... I, I don't like using the word gangs. Let's start using what, what Killer Mike said. Let's start using the word street fraternities. You know what I'm saying? Because these white folks, they don't put the same emphasis and the same name titles in their street organizations I like they do to us. You know, to us, we're street gangs. To us, we're thugs. To us, we're the bottom of the barrel. To them, they're organized crime. To them, they're white-collar crime. You know what I'm saying? To them, they're a syndicate. You know what I mean? For us, we have gangs. With them they have mobs you see the the difference of the names same thing you know they do the same thing but it's different so king tone when he got into the leadership you know he wanted to change that you know from the direction that it was going to because um the latin kings lost their way and he was bringing them back into the political movement which is a powerful powerful thing and obviously as any person knows and sees through history anywhere in history if you are trying to move make a movement with a large majority of people the system of white supremacy is going to come down and the puppets of white supremacy is going to come down and try to take you down whichever which way regardless of what it is you know what i mean regardless of what it is Mind you, I spoke to somebody personally before I even interviewed King Tone. And they were like, oh my God, why are you interviewing him? He was this. He went to jail for that. I'm like, no, 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 no. 
This is what they told you he went to jail for. We got to understand we live in a system of white supremacy. So whatever which way we got to make bread to them, oh no, you're committing crime. Because back in the day, under, you know, probation, not probation, but, but you know, when liquor was illegal, the Kennedys were making money, you know, selling illegal liquor. You know what I'm saying? Now, guess what happened? They became rich and he went to that White House, right? Donald Trump's father got his money started up by having whorehouses. Did anybody know that? So white people, they start crime and then they get their feet into legal business. So how come we can't do the same? So that's what I told my friend. I told her, I was like, well, I broke it down and she saw what I was coming from because you know, with white folks, they look at Bonnie and Clyde. They look up to, you know, gangsters like Al Capone. They look up to gangsters like that who helped out the community, whatever on crime. They said that they did. No, no, no. Don't worry about that. They're helping out the community. So how come it can't happen with us? You feel what I'm saying? Let's remember people. The first original gangs in New York city were all white. The Italians, Jewish, Albanians, Polish, and Irish. They even made a whole movie on this called gangs of New York. In, in case you forgot. The first original gangs in New York were white. Let's not forget that. All right. So whatever we want to start pointing fingers at each other and all this other stuff stop. All right. Stop it. The whole point is, you know, King tone, you know, um, started doing, you know, political moves, which I looked up to as a, as a teenager. And I saw that as a powerful thing and it, and I'm honored to even have an interview with him. You know what I'm saying? I'm honored on top of that. You know, when this whole beef with black and Latin people and stuff, he squashed all of that shit because a lot of people don't know. A lot of people don't know um, Latin Kings. They have a lot of Haitian and Jamaican members. You know why? Because in that five point star, is equivalent to the five point crown and the five point crown circumpasses the five Caribbean islands. It includes the five Caribbean islands, just in case you guys didn't know Haiti, they're considered Latin people, Jamaica, they're considered Latin people. So that's why they could join and they were able to join and there are a lot of black Latin Kings, believe it or not, believe it or not. And that's what King tone was preaching back in the nineties, black and brown unity. Also to the point where he even squashed the beef with the bloods. It was part of this do documentary in the nineties that came out, go see it. But that's what King tone was about. That's what King tone did. And not only did I grow up around Latin Kings in my neighborhood? I not only did I grow up to, but I kept on hearing his name. And when I saw the documentary that really opened my eyes where I'm like, Whoa, I didn't know a Latino could actually do this. You know what I'm saying? It gave me pride to say, okay, we actually are making history. Latin people are actually making history. And not only that, we're helping out the community. Not only Latin people were helping out black people the same way black people helped out Latin people. You know what I'm saying?
So that was a really big eye opener for me. That made me proud to be Latino. You know what I'm saying? And a lot of people get it confused thinking that the Latin Kings are just a mainly Puerto Rican gang. It's not. It's not. But the whole point is that King Tone came in with a new message, with a new vision. And unfortunately, you know, the system of white supremacy had to come in and snuff out that little light. But, you know, they didn't snuff out the overall message. They didn't snuff out the man behind the message. You know what I'm saying? That's what happened. And I'm, and I'm really ha happy that actually happened. You know what I'm saying? I'm really happy that he's, you know, out here that can still speak out, still help out the community and still help out our people. You know what I'm saying? I'm really, I'm really happy. And he also, uh, <laughs> he also gave me a, a, a shout out, you know, on Instagram live. So big shout out to him. Hopefully we meet again soon. You know what I mean? But anyway, let me stop all the chit chat and all that. And let me just get straight to the interview. I hope you guys enjoy it. Yep. What up my people? Welcome back to another episode of the radical Latino show. It's your host, the radical Latino. Now today I have a very, very, very special guest. I have a public speaker an entrepreneur, activist, revolutionary, and the former leader of the nation of Almighty Light and Kings, my brother, King Tone. What's going on, man? What's up, what's up, my people? What's up, what's up? Over here chilling, man, driving to go see Junior and, and give him some love early in the morning. You know how that goes, but uh, it's an honor and a privilege, man. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's all it's a, it's all good. It's all good. You know, thank you for even coming in. You know what I mean? Um, I caught I caught your live yesterday, and it was a very powerful thing, very powerful thing yesterday that I saw. Oh yeah, yeah. Fair Junior is a beast with that knowledge, man. He's his father's spitting image, and and he's got that that he he's a resource of finding out what's happening in oppression around the world where American eyes can't see. And it, 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 it just fills your soul because he's such an intelligent individual trying to revive his father's, you know, to bring justice for his father for the for the assassination and, uh, of, of Fred Hampton. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, I love you, bro. And that was a good thing for black and brown to hear. Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, I was uh, I was reading the chat. Everybody was really feeling the message, and I really appreciated that. That was a really good thing. Now, thank you, thank you, man. Now, um. So I'm not going to, I usually tell my guests, you know, Hey, tell us a little bit about yourself, but if you really don't know who King Tone is, then you've been, you must've been living under a rock. Um, but <laughs> tell us a little bit about your early years when you were a kid, how did you grow up? Where did you grow up? Um, so my, my, my name is Antonio Fernandez. Uh, my mother and father, a second generation Puerto Rican. Uh, we from New York, but you know, from Puerto Rico, they came in with their parents and East New York, Brooklyn was the area that me, I was raised. I got four sisters who are beautiful and, uh, all, all successfully have their families and, and, you know, did their thing. And, uh, and I'm the only boy I'm second to youngest. And, uh, I was born 1966. So I've seen a lot. And uh, there's a beautiful year, right? A lot of things was happening in those years, with the awakening of the of the of the people in in, in America. So then in New York, East New York was that place that was poverty, where the Jews moved and everybody moved out and left it to us. And it looked like a leftover from World War II, you know, burned buildings, empty lots, 
Hopelessness was the greatest disease, not cancer, not AIDS. Hopelessness was, you know, but it was so beautiful because the Latino and the black community, even when they're poor, they laugh, they love, they dance, they work, and they don't let that American capitalism oppress them to the point where family values deteriorate. And I've seen that happening through the years as the youth were left behind to take care of home because both parents had to give the keys to the kids so they could pay these slumlords like Trump's father mm -hmm. real heavy rent for, you know, places that were just that's just destroyed. Mm -hmm. But that's where I grew up in that poverty, and that's where I learned to hate. That's mm -hmm. where I learned to... to, to to say, why isn't it enough for my father working 13 hours as a bread delivery man? My mom goes to get money for us and coupons so we could eat. And all they do is look down at her. And I just started saying, F the system. As, as that anger built up, I knew I had to build a new identity and I had to become somebody different. Because, you know, Antonio Fernandez Pachi was a young little scary kid with four sisters in a, a tough neighborhood. So I had to create King Tone. I had to create Tone. I... I had to make an image that I could withstand that onslaught of false information while I was trying to find my identity. And it was a hard place to do it in East New York, but a beautiful place mm. because it's my home. Mm. Okay. And how was East New York growing up? It was tough, you know, and I had four of those, four, you know, four of those totitos in my house. So <laughs> what I always told people, what I explained to people, the drug dealer, the cop, the good, the bad, the ugly, one thing that all these males got these hormones and do what they do to flam is to attract that beautiful Latina, brown-looking woman with long hair walking through the hood, and you say, hell no, I got to get her to love me. And the way America teaches us, the more you have, the more she wants you. But really, it's a false, a false identification of a normal behavior of, of attraction, but that was it. And when I started protecting my sisters, I had to learn to fight. And when you learn to fight, it gets hard because you lose, you get beat up, and and you got to go through the shame of picking yourself up, and you don't got a brother to call, mm. and you ain't got nobody to come and give you support. So I learned to win and lose at all costs with the intentions never to win, but to prove my point. You don't want to fuck with this good guy. Mm. 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 And, and because of that, you know, obviously in, in low-income um, areas, you know, the school system is not going to be really that great. And how was the school system and the, the school experience for yourself? It was a tough place. You know, I, I, want, I, I was in Pinkin and Euclid. Like four blocks from my house is the public school, PS159, and it's, it, it was loved. You see all the Puerto Rican folks in the morning and the, the black moms and everybody walking their kids hand to hand. Beautiful. It was like, and it wasn't because they were scared. It was because we were parents then. You get what I mean? We had parents around us. Us kids wasn't, we didn't turn to what we turned to because our parents were bad. We turned to what we turned into because our parents were busy. They had to pay the rent. So in that, you know, going to school, we had these teachers coming in that were white, blue eyes, and none against the race, but 
they had no connection with the real community that now surrounded them. And they, they forced them false teachings upon us, and some young minds could absorb it. Some young minds can't grab it because it isn't, it isn't true, it isn't real. So in some way, as you see it taught to you, you don't feel it, you don't think. You say there's something here that doesn't seem right. And the teacher knows it ain't right. And the teacher hates teaching us because they know we don't accept the lie, but we get immune to it and we get content to it because it's going to give us a pass in his society. But they hate teaching us because they don't want us to have a pass in their society. That's true. So when they got 30, 40 kids in the classroom in those times, one teacher calling kids spit, dumb, shut up, go to the corner. I mean, there was no restrictions of the mental abuse they could do to a black and Latino kid. Mm-hmm. So in that, I hated it in one day. I couldn't spell. I couldn't get it. I, I hate it. I, I just didn't understand it. I was a slow learner. I learned more by looking than by hearing and the, the teachers. I used to watch his actions, not his words. I used to, like, try to figure out what's this language they're teaching me, nouns, verbs. I was just, I didn't like it, and I didn't like the way he taught me. And he didn't like me because I, I made him question his ability. Mm. Why did I accept the superiority of telling me, I know how to make you think. You're so stupid. You don't get it. And I used to look at him, look, you dumb. You're not speaking my language. Mm-hmm. And we couldn't accept. So at third grade, I decided to get the, the hell out of school and join the entrepreneur market with my big buddies who knew how to bring with the poison that the government dropped in our street, mm. we started profiting and doing things with it so we could eat, so we could get sexy, so we could feel counted. Mm-hmm. And like every other immigration that ever came to America, they started off illegal. Yeah. In America, you don't start off legal unless you come here rich. You got to not pay taxes sometimes. You don't got to charge 8%. You're just trying to make your store live through the first five years. So my point is, I knew all that shit. So I got into the dope game, the marijuana game. I started as a runner. I said freak school. I started loving my community, and the form is getting more information to understand how I was going to make my future work. And from that, I never turned back, of course. My mother and father was like, yo, dude, you're, you're, you're supposed to be in sixth grade. What are you doing? Where are you going? We love you, Baba. You know, I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and one day they caught a package in the house, and my father did what every good father and man could do. He said, You can't bring that shit here, Bachi. Mm. You got four sisters, man. Mm. You're going to do that. I'm the man of the house. And I don't want to beat you, but you're going to have to walk yourself out this door with that package. And if you leave it where you found it, come back. But if that package is more important than this family, stay the fuck out of my house. Mm. And I respected him in loving for every moment that he gave me that decision. And I didn't hurt my family only by them seeing their brother in the jungle by himself when he had a, a, a family of value and love. And those are the decisions we make of no fault of anybody, but of my experimenting in a world that I didn't understand. Mm, okay. Okay. That. Wow, that's crazy. 
So, so when you were when you were hustling when you were a kid all the way to your, what your teenage years, uh, you were making a lot of money. Yeah, I made a lot of money. You make it in those times. Money was money. You know, money was yeah. money, and the adults ab above us, just like any CEO, they used to find the the kid who did the best. You know, who knew the game. And I was very. I, I'm always an entrepreneur. I knew how to make things uh, prosper fast. And we, we got the big money, but in the big money, you see the lifestyle, and I, and I always used to hear my mother and my father's voice. Look, I sold drugs three houses for my mom. My mom seen her son go from a baseball little league player to long dreadlocks, walking the street, bumble clock, listening to, good morning, Mr. Walker. She used to be, who are you? Mm. So what my point is, I didn't go far. I wasn't walking distance of letting my parents love me, see me, but what I said is, that now this is me. And what I'm saying, I enjoyed it. I explored and I learned of other cultures while I was in that game. Mm -hmm. But the value system was sucky. We have more values than the people of today who are in that game. But still, it was the, the, the crime of selling heroin to, to your friend's mother and fathers, and they hide in it, and they come to your house. I just, I just got ashamed of myself, mm. and I, I started getting high to forget about it, and before I knew it, like Biggie said, never get high on your own supply, yeah. and I, I, I willingly walked into the land of the dead when I started smoking bass, cocaine. Mm. I lost myself, and when I tried to quit and I went home, and the first time I stole from my house, I knew that I had to leave because I knew I tasted, even with all that money, I said, I can't control myself. I thought I could, and this is bigger than me. Mm. So I went into the woods now as a zombie and as a, 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 a prayer to those who have the drugs so I won't have to steal from the ones I love. And that's when I started getting caught and arrested for the bullshit charges, you know. Mm -hmm. And I landed in Rockers Island. 80, 86, I caught a little charge trying to hurt this dude for talking to my sister. Then I caught another one, you know, possession. And it kept going on. And then I, I, I just, I became part of the system by signing a contract to five, five years probation, which was famous then, and one day in jail. Wow. And that, that contract, to tell you, was back, let's say, in 80, 88, 85, 86. I signed off that contract at 2013. Wow. wow. So be careful what you sign. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that, that's when I got introduced to prison. That's when I, when, when after I lost those morals and values through the drug addiction, to trying the rich money to see what it gives, that's when I fell in love out of money and started seeking true guidance and true self-knowledge. But it was sad because I was already entering the poor man's college, which is jail. Yeah, and and uh, that five-year probation contract that that did that give you an insight on how the prison system and how the system in general—I call it white supremacy—but um, that the the systematic oppression did that give you an insight on how everything went down? So not in the beginning because I was still sick. Okay. I went into Rockers Island a sick, a sick person, right? I have drug addiction. I have no, no self-knowledge. Uh, I knew what the black movement was, and I, I, and I knew what white supremacy was. 
but I didn't know what was what was South America. I didn't know what Puerto Rico's uh, people, indigenous people, were the Indians. I didn't know who was our heroes. So my point is, that's what's the confusion of my being. My mother and father being so busy and really not understanding weren't the kind of parents that told me my history. Get it? Mm. It wasn't in time, so I was looking for my history. I was looking for me. Mm-hmm. And in Rockers Island, I had the time to stop. And when I was, you know, I seen Rockers Island, of course, you, you see it's a savage place created by white supremacy to turn black on black on each other. So when they fight, the building is organized and to keep them in control, right? Mm-hmm. Easy. Yep. Just like in the streets, they duplicate it. So there's a prison in jail and there's a prison in, in your community. They're called your, your community council, mm-hmm. your local police department. You know what I mean? So anyway, it was hard, and I seen, and it was fearful because there, you know, the strong survive and the weak get eaten. Mm-hmm. And the ones eating you are your own. So you're really confused. Now it ain't the cops, and it ain't the white teacher in school. It's your neighborhood bully. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So in there, I fought, and I was small, and I was getting cured, but my mind was still ignorant. And a great young uh, mafia, this brother in, in the almighty Lion King Queen Nation, New York Nation tribe, was just being born. It started in 86. So in 89, I was back in, and that's when I was starting the process of going to get sentenced and go up. Mafia pulled me in, and he, he explored my, my stupidity, and he asked me why I was like that. And then he told me of his history of being an ex-heroin addict, and when he joined the nation, it gave him a new outlook why he shouldn't get high. Mm. And that interests me. He told me fighting for the phone, and he used to notice when I got the phone, I really didn't have nobody to call. So he would say, what are you doing? And he understood I was ashamed that I I done burned all my bridges and I was alone. Mm. And uh, he gave me a family. I remember he locked me in the cell for three days with two dudes. They would feed me, but he said, you don't know how to read. You really don't know how to, and we're going to teach you. And I don't want you to become a king, but I want you to become a smart man. Mm. Mm. And Not a gangster. Yeah. A smart man. And, that, and, and, and that's very, and that's very um, interesting that you said that you were growing up and because, you know, Latinos, you know, there, there was a confusion. And that's something I always say that our history, our Latin history is kind of swept under the rug. They don't really teach us. And in, even in school, black history is taught that they were slaves and that's it. You know what I'm saying? They don't say nothing else. So that, that right there is very interesting that our history and, you know, because most Latin people do grow up confused. You know what I mean? You seen that, and not confusion, but that's why Zulu Nation was so greatly expanded. When Africa bombarded and the Zulu Nation started connecting the black with the brown force, with the music and the dancing and the culture, Zulu Nation came off. So when that came in my eyes, and I seen the Zulu Nation beads, and I seen African beads with a Puerto Rican flag hand, hanging on it, I loved it. Zulu Nation marched with me. My man Righteous, I love you, bro, out there, who's been with me for years doing this United Families Coalition stuff. But the point I'm trying to make, it inspired me, but it really didn't touch my soul. Because I knew the, the, the African beads meaning, but I really didn't know what was that Puerto Rican flag there and why did it hang there together. 
Mm. And then that was, that was my, my next quest as a Latin king, seek knowledge. After uh, Mafia showed me how to read, then I started looking for books that inspired me with motivational, strong past revolutionists that use different kind of methods to achieve their goals with their community and their body that was fighting this oppression. And then I was already Latin king, so in some way God was helping me see my future, and he was building my ability to be a good leader. Mm. So I needed to study to show myself approved. And when I read these books, the fire got started, the knowledge got attached, not too much. But then I found out about Lolita Labron. Mm. Then I found out about a Wabana 1 and a Wabana 2. Then I found out about the Young Lords. Then I found out about uh, uh, of the Latin community and why they came and they migrated to the America here and to the Connecticut. And, you know, I started hearing stories and how we fought the Grito de Lares and, and those books just, woo, 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 you get it? Yeah. And I said, you mean I got this blood in this small structure of a frame? You mean the blood of that lady runs in me? And I've been wasting my time with this BS. I said, Lion King, we got to get up. We got to meet the criteria. We got to meet the expectations of that woman. Mm. That sacrifice cannot go unnoticed and unanswered. Mm -hmm. So when I came out, I practiced my craft with the king. Difficult. We went through hard places. I come home in 90, 91. I got a little groove. I, I've been through Rockers Island. You know, I've done my thing. Mm -hmm. I let niggas know that, that excuse the N-word, but I mm -hmm. go to New York, the projects, and me and they know. <laughs> but anyway, you know, then you and the island, this kid is a, he's starting to reckon with. Not with only his, his razor, because that shit is easy to do to cut a brother in the face. Yeah. It's hard to teach a brother why not to cut in the face. And then how could he get the person he wanted to cut to understand he's not a savage and he's trying to find the way to communicate his indifference so we don't destroy each other while we seek justice. Mm. And I fell in love with that. I felt in love with power with the perception of... You know where I'm going. We could get violent here. We could become the Latin Kings. We could become that product of America. But right now we're going to follow the restorative justice and the stuff that my people taught me how to stand in a circle with a drill flocked in and pray before the enemy before we strike. Mm -hmm. Let me be kind to my enemy because he got his foot on my neck. So... When you get that and you have the compassion and the empathy to understand that not only black lives matter, all lives matter in the form of humanity, but we must attack each one of these sicknesses that they use to eliminate us, our rights, our, our, our joy of hope to believe that we are equal in this land. Mm -hmm. So the king gave me that opportunity to stream not as a gang leader and alone, but to show that love always takes over the power of fear. Mm. The New York people started taking us from the worst gang and scariest one 
to grandmothers bringing their sons to my church and say, talk to them, talk, because they don't listen to anybody else. <laughs> <laughs> and then that's when you're a power group. And then that's when you're the young lords. And then that's when you're the Black Panthers. When you cease to exist with your biblical card attached to this system that hates us, called justice, called education, called uh, whatever you want to know that America got that's run by their government is, tint, is tainted mm-hmm. by blood. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I don't want nobody ever to forget that, that it isn't each other. When somebody is born a thief, he usually is going to fight his whole life protecting what he stole. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The one that relaxes, the one that stays quiet and sits back, is the one that was eliminated because he knows. Because he's got the knowledge of the ancestors that this world turns around. And one day, justice will be served to America. Mm. Mm. For all his transition, for all his neglect, and for all his false advertisement to the world. It has to pay the price, just like we pay our price for falling in love with Pharaoh. Mm. For falling in love with these people, and I, I'm not saying Egypt, what I'm trying to say, a man who leads us is only as great as the people who are informed to see if he's our leader. Mm. Who is he the leader to? The system or to the people who put him there? And that is our plight for justice. When we put you there, stay black, stay Latino, mm-hmm. stay Native American. Keep that in there. Sit in those chairs representing us as we change the color of a White House. Mm. Mm. That's mm. all. That's all I wish for as, a, as the ex-leader of the almighty Latin King and Queen Nation. Freedom for my brothers, justice for the poor. And a right to tell an ex-gangster that after he comes home of 25 years, that your silly ass won't give him a job in Walmart. Mm. You dirty, disgusting community. You foul vapors of iniquity. You bunch of uncircumcised dogs. You won't give us a chance to eat, so we have to steal again. Mm -hmm. So don't bother me with this bullcrap that all of a sudden you're an activist. Injustice didn't happen just on that block. It's been all around us for years and we're asleep. And look what it took for us to get mad for nine days. Mm. I'm counting. That's a fact. We we need after this is over then to go and see why black and black crime in Chicago, New York, and, and California is so high. Then after we see that, then we got to visit the schools. Then we got to do kneelings in the schools. Then we got to do This don't stop, bro. Mm-hmm. You say, say his name, and they start the name from 1990. Start from the 1800s.
military. He went to Vietnam after Lopez fought there, and he came back awakened, and he fought for the freedom of his people after they used him. But there's some ex-veterans that are still believing as a Latino they served America or black, mm. and now they're American. If they leave their white wounded soldiers who come back broke, abandoned in the streets, what do you think they're doing to the black Latino veteran? Mm -hmm. What do you think when your general gives you an order to beat up the black and Latinos that are marching in your street as a National Guard member? Are you going to stand with the people or are you going to stand with your general when you shooting rubber bullets at my head? Mr. Latino activist in the service. Mm -hmm. And y'all get mad at me, but that's a reality, isn't it? Mm -hmm. If you're a Latino and black cop, check this out. Everybody talks about all oh, the gangs and no snitching. They do this. There is no greater non-snitching policy to get justice than the black and the blue wall of silence. Mm -hmm. Where's the tunnel affairs? Have you seen a tunnel affairs call a press conference in that damn ass state to talk against the foul? Who's the tunnel affairs in the police department? They're the ones who, who investigate this shit. Mm -hmm. Eight of them came out and said, shit, that's fake. Give me that money. Give it to us so we could investigate these crimes. The community. Then you will see justice for the people when the people are the ones that go into these government places and seek the truth. So I know I'm right, but I get mad because the march is one part. Staying in the street is another. Mm -hmm. Then you got to have order. Then we got to teach the looters, if you loot, we will bust you up. Mm -hmm. Because you're removing the camera from the place and the crime. So the line is when we march, you can ask anybody. You went in there right. You knew if you picked up a brick, if you looked at a, a black-owned store, if you did anything, we will approach you. Check it out. We will put a circle around you. We will ask you your name. We will ask you for your credentials. We will see if we know you from any of the other rallies. If you're an insider, you get escorted out. If you don't want to leave, we'll pick your ass up and put you in the line with the pigs. Mm -hmm. So they'll know you're one of them. Mm. And we did it without violence for Miss Bias, for Miss Rosario, for all the mothers, because they made me promise that we never would take the opportunity to make it about our personal gain when they're seeking justice for their dead children. So, looters, I know you like Nikes. I know you out there trying to get yours. And I ain't mad. You're poor. I get it. And it's a perfect opportunity to get what you want while we're trying to get justice. You're hurting us. You're messing up because the people, when they see you running out with those boxes, they forget about George. They just forget about everybody, the Louimas and everybody that got hurt, and all they see is a black and a Latino running out with the box. Mm -hmm. Come on, man. We're better than that. And usually you're burning the black and brown people's stores that these mothers and fathers built for generations and don't have the money to rebuild. I love you guys, and I know I want to. I used to take two, but I'm telling the looters now: when you're looting and you're in a gang neighborhood, you're doubling up the ante because we ain't cops, 
and that's our mothers and grandmothers in the GD neighborhood, the Viceroy neighborhood, the Crips and the Bloods. When you start to loot in our neighborhoods, we're going to bust you up. Mm. Don't make a headline, let kill kill back, tell the truth. Nine kings, Crips and Bloods, stopping looters from coming in their hood because they're the ones who eat in these stores. They're the ones who stay after you leave. So don't burn our shit. We're going to break you up. Mm. Know your place. It's in the march. It's with the people. Not in my store. We'll break you up. Go to Arizona to where all those gun-tooting, stand-your-ground animals are at and go break in their stores. Mm-hmm. Show you about it. Mm-hmm. Then I'll respect you. Stop being a coward. You're cowards. And we in the street need to call it like that. Coward opportunists. Mm-hmm. That's a fact. That's a fact. That's a fact. Um, but I wanna I wanna I wanna bring you back a little bit a little bit now. Cause um you know, I wanna I wanna know why you joined the Latin Kings. You know, you were telling me that you were in jail and um I think was it uh, mafia? I think uh was it mafia that was cleaning you up? You know Yeah. So so when he was cleaning you up you, you said that he wasn't gonna turn you king, but he was gonna turn you to a man. What made you wanna become a Latin king? Cause after he he turned when he gave me my self respect and the values that God gave me as a man and to recognize him again and I got woken up and at least I met my platform of where I was supposed to start. That's where he took me. He took me back to third grade. You get it? And what he told me was that I teach my kids now that I do in prison. He taught me, yo, you know what? You're confusing yourself. You hate everybody that ever taught you. You hate the place they taught you in and you hate what they taught you. But Tom, you could never hate learning. You could learn in that cell. You could learn in the mountain. You could learn. So don't get mad with wanting information and learning. What you dislike is the liars that taught you. And you'll never be dumb again. Mm. Mm. So I took that and I started learning from everything in the world. Mm. And, and that ignited me when I became a man. That wasn't enough. I wanted to be a king. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to be a Wabana too. I wanted to be the Virgin Mary Lolita Labron. I wanted to be Oscar Lopez. I wanted to be Rafael Veranda. Mm. I wanted to be Panama Alba. I wanted to be Richie Perez. You get it? I wanted to be Malcolm. Yeah. So, that's why I became a king. I just wanted the title I deserved. That's powerful. Yeah, that's powerful. Because as a Latino, just l- hearing that we were kings, we're kings, and knowing that we come from greatness is a re- very powerful thing. Very powerful thing. You know, so what? when you got out of jail and now you were Latin king, you weren't the leader of the Latin Kings yet, right? Of course not. Nobody is ever born into any organization mm. as the leader. Mm. Well, right? Yeah, that's true. So only, only if you're born in in a, in you know that kind of range. But 
No, I I I joined like every other every other member, mm-hmm. and uh, I I hit my knee to the ground, my right knee to heaven, and my left knee to hell, and I picked up the crown, and I didn't make an oath to a man. I made an oath to a beautiful new belief that I believed in, the almighty crown, and who wore it was my almighty king, who has no face, who has no place in this earth, and is bigger than all of us, and he has no prejudice against any road that leads you to him, but he has a problem with those who oppress others to believe in him. Mm. And that is my king, and Mm. that is who I serve. My crown is the crown of life, which brings me the understanding of my knowing of my ancient past and present superiors, gained through the prayers and the study of my most beautiful nation. Mm. We are the guiding light to the third world country. We are the guiding light to the oppressed people. Let us be a shining light and let us to prove it. Let us prove to our community who we are. That's the Latin King literatures and manifestos that we write to each other to keep us engaged and in contact. Yes, we lose our way like Christians lose their way with the Bible. They go to Sunday church and they fornicate on Monday. They go to church and they beat the shit off their wife on Tuesday. <laughs> so I kings read their literature and go sell dope on Tuesday. They read the good shit until they could get to the new cage the new king era, the new king stage, where you go through three stages and you find yourself a man, then you find yourself a mummy, and then you find yourself a king. Mm. The process of growing into a man, we understand it. We do not criticize the stages. We teach to them. That's what's called the wisdom of our community. Mm. The elder in the circle, the elder in the gang, the elder in our community, the kings respect that, and now the reason we're so disingenuous and confused, we hate our elders because they're not Facebook. We hate our elders because this is not a fad and an emotion rally. You see, when they posted that shit, Latin kings kill blacks, mm-hmm. people were hitting me. They woke me up about that. I'm just showing you something. And as a leader, everybody asked me, what is your place on this? What are you going to say? What do you stand? And that was Wednesday. And I waited to Friday to talk on it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because I wasn't going to respond just because you wanted me to. That's one. And two, I wasn't going to say what you thought. That's just it. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to make sure when I spoke, I spoke also for good line kings, good cops, good people who are doing good rallies, good understanding of the situation. I wanted to speak to the positive. Then I wanted the negative to understand that is one level to be confusing the community about nonsense to destroy this movement as a secret agent for the system, as a black and Latino man, whoever posting that shit, mm-hmm. to throw twigs in the fire. You're messing with the wrong groups. You've seen in a week the black peace stones came and stand with the kings in Little Village Man, that a little village that's more than 175 black Latin kings, fools. Mm-hmm. And I'm not trying to promote, but the miseducation that they thought Latin kings because the name were only Spanish people and Mexican people. Yeah. You dummy. Yeah, it's not the case. Yeah, well, that's not the not case. The case. Yeah, and I was gonna, I was gonna t- t- uh, get into that, um, because when. Uh, when we were when I w- when I was hearing about the whole situation about Little Vi- Village and stuff, 
I saw the same Facebook post that you talked about on your live yesterday and you wanted to address. They used your image. They used the Latin King image and your image was in the front page talking about Latin Kings killing blacks. And you took offense. You know, you know that put me and my son. You know how many post black people is like, oh, you want a racial war? And I don't even, I'm not even from Chicago. Mm-hmm. That was dangerous to do to me to wake up to that. Mm-hmm. And that was my own black brothers and brown sisters on that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, go ahead. But I just wanted to tell how serious that was for me. Yeah, no, like, I, I, I totally understand because when I saw it, I read it. I already saw what it was that wasn't the case. You know what I mean? I already saw and I already knew that wasn't the case. So that's why when when I was, uh, you know, seeing the videos, I'm like, what are they talking about? You know what I mean? Like, they're killing blacks. What are they talking about? You know, are, are, are these people just using the Latin King name just to justify what certain knuckleheads are doing or what they're not doing, you know? So with that being said... What what are your what are your thoughts? Because you said on your live yesterday, I want you to repeat it. What what are your thoughts on on that whole thing? Because obviously you're against that. So what what was your thought on that whole thing? Because I I thought that it was just um they put like somebody put it out there just to um just to start stuff up. You know what I mean? Just to start a rumor up. So what I always teach, right? We we could mimic our enemy. But we can't become our enemy. Mm. So in what I'm saying, don't become Mr. Vlad from Vlad TV and put dangerous headlines to grab on your little Instagram or on your, your live YouTube, get 100,000 million hits mm -hmm. with a sensationalized headline that you're going to get young black brothers. And you know the thing that could came from that over there? It's bad enough they've been killing each other for 20 years, stupid. Blacks and browns haven't started shooting at each other in Chicago this week. Mm -hmm. So one, that's an historical uh, 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 injury in birth that we had ignored as a community. Now we're making it sound it's about brown and black. No, they're going to shoot at each other when you're gone. If you didn't know that. Mm. Because we don't take care of them. We don't love them after this. We leave them. We march through their neighbors, burn the buildings. And then we let them go back to killing each other because we don't care about black and black crime. We don't care about brown and brown crime. Mm. So what I was mad about, I got two black daughters. I started, I, mad, I love, I, I grew up in the fire and I stood for Black Lives Matters. Before Black Lives Matters had post up. And they put me with that bullshit. Mm. That offended me. So I don't care who that dude is. He don't know me. He don't know who I am. And he don't know the Latin Kings. And people all of a sudden are downing power groups when they should be teaching them and loving them and explaining why that was such a bad look, even if they were doing the right thing, because this is what white media does. Black and Latino media should have jumped on that white horse. Mm -hmm. So all I'm telling you, like you said, right? Then we savages when King Kong rings a bell and tells you, why you ain't removing that post? Do you know my son? And I'm not fighting. I'm coming here to tell you, you putting me in danger. You coward. Mm -hmm. 
So don't do that to our power groups. Don't incite them. Help them through this confusion. This is confusing for them. Y'all never cared about them before. All of a sudden, you want them on the front lines again. So then when you leave, the cops get revenge on the power groups. The cops are going to go kill power groups. Right after you get tired and you leave, they never forget. They're going to go in the night and they're going to look at the face recognition. And they're going to find all of you that looted and all of you that marched. And they're going to trump up charges. And they're going to come for you in the night. Mm-hmm. So put your boots on, boys. You joined the big leagues. That's a fact. So I know when they come in the night. I know when they snatch 130 Latinos from the Latin Kings. I know what it is to see families screaming in the midnight and when we're all in Fort Hamilton in a line, my whole nation arrested with me. And the charge was a conspiracy to be a lookout to a drug sale, folks. Mm. Mm. Three years, no human contact. And I'm late because I got to go. It's being like 30. My brother, you got But I want the people to know I'm not saying I was right. And I took responsibility. And I went to jail. And I did the bid the community said I had to do to pay back. Now let these cops do the same. Short and to the point. Let them face what all little young black and Latino Americans and Native Americans do every day when one of their kids commit a stupid, stupid crime and you charge them as an adult and you send them to jail. Christian community, white community, justice community. Now it's time for you to take four of your own and put him on the tree. Mm, that's true. Because if you don't, we'll do what you did with the Clean Eastwood movies. Remember when the bad guy, the town used to grab him? And no matter what, usually he was Mexican or black, and they rushed to a tree and they did community justice, and they took pictures of it so the world could remember what community justice looked like for a black and brown man? Let's start letting them know what it looks like for any man that crosses the line when we pay him to protect us, and he harms one of ours, and justice is not blind, we will let them see what justice looks like because the good guy hits back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, my brother, I said, I love you and your community. Black and brown, we won. There is no black and brown and there is no red. Those are colors given to us. Yeah. We're a human race united by struggle and love, and, and I want you to know that, man. Thank you for having this platform and speaking to these people mm-hmm. and let them hear people that tell it from the ground up. Thank you for, for coming in. Um, I'm, Tell the people where they can find you. Well, you can find, I, I'll give you, you can find me at the, the real underscore Antonio underscore Fernandez. That's my gram. Antonio Fernandez on my Facebook. I can't get no more friends, but we're building the platform to have my Instagram show. We're building on it. And then those that are serious, once you hit me inbox, I'll send you to the places where you can see my work for Grow Up, Grow Out, which is uh, my non my for-profit business where I consult and I bring what love looks like with credible messengers into the system to teach the system what does justice look like for brown and black American children. Mm-hmm. And I hope you support my work. I love you. And you already know, man, Credible Messengers healing your community, 
safe spaces for power groups and free the homeland, Puerto Rico, by any means necessary. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. Shout out to you, bro. Thank you very much. Very, you're a very powerful speaker, and um, thank you very much for coming in. All right, brothers. Love you, people. Right. We'll see each other soon. Right. Love you. Peace. Bye. All right. So that was the interview with King Tone. I hope you guys enjoyed that interview. Now, the thing is, I want to... The, the thing about it is, um, I want to give a shout out to two people right now because they were kind of encouraging me to reach out to King Tone and I was kind of reluctant to do so because I'm, I'm going to keep it real with you guys. I kind of overthink a lot. You know what I'm saying? I kind of second guess myself and I start questioning my own judgment for the most part. I know I got to stop doing that, but... I'm, I'm keeping it real. That's usually what happens. So with that being said, the fact that, you know, um, King Tone, you know, I was watching his interview on Vlad TV. Um, the first person that told me to reach out to King Tone was, believe it or not, you know, one of the subscribers, Starborn. He told me to reach out to King Tone. I was like, nah, I don't think so. And he was telling me, listen, it's going to be a great you know, message both of you guys talking like, nah, I don't know. I don't know. And then months just passed by, months just passed by. And then Truth Teacher, shout out to Truth Teacher. If you guys are not subscribed to Truth Teacher, please go subscribe to him. Truth Teacher, 2007, you know, um, he he is like, you know, uh, <laughs> he, he is like a, a, a person that gives you another sense of looking at things and i like talking to truth teacher me and him talk you know personally you know um every now and then uh, again sometimes daily and he's he's a very good good person to in my in my eyes to speak with because he sees he lets me see things in different perspectives you know what i mean he comes with the ray of light that usually a lot of people um have a lot of negativity you know he comes at it in a different perspective so i want to give a shout out to truth teacher and he's the one that kind of basically was pushing me and say hey red stop fucking around go and ask for that interview go and ask for that interview so i want to give a shout out to truth teacher you know starborn truth teacher you know um if, to be completely honest guys you know if it wasn't for truth teacher i this interview would have never came out. You know what I'm saying? Um, if it wasn't for Truth Teaching, I, I'm glad that it did come out. You know, King Tone, he saw my content and he was really feeling it. So that's the reason why, you know, he came on. So big shout out to everybody. Big shout out to, you know, all the people involved. Um, big shout out to every all my supporters, all my new subscribers. Shout out to you guys. You know what I'm saying? I hope you guys like the interview. Go um you know follow him his instagram handle will be in the description down below also if you guys want to donate to your boy you know dollar sign radical latino and cash app or you could go you know to my website donate at radicallatino.com if y'all broke y'all didn't get your stimulus check yet <laughs> you know what i'm saying it's all good just watch this on youtube an ad comes in that's how you you know that's how you support or you know what you got you guys can do what you guys can do is just rate this podcast five stars and everything will be all good you know what i'm saying 
Now, with that being said, I hope everybody enjoyed the interview, enjoyed everything about it, and I'm going to catch you guys later. Peace.